Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're back. Becky and Phoenix is up next in Elaine. Then it could be you. All you have to do is give Shira a call at 602-277-5827 for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Becky, good morning. Good morning, Brian. I have a question. Yesterday you had mentioned a, uh, I think, a chemical a compound, I-N-A-Z. Mm-hmm. If you have that, don't use it. And you gave the full name, but I missed how to spell oh, that. Yeah. So there's, there's two of them, but if you just look for that part, it's Nazapur, and they're, they're just okay. very much the same. And you're going to fa- okay. find them, and what you know, where that chemical arrives from is ortho ground clear is one thing that contains it. And anything that they're trying to take a, a pre-emergent or a contact killer right. and spread its longevity. Roundup's mm-hmm. making one like that now, too, and I, I would suspect it's the same chemical. But I have inspected hundreds of trees around the valley and yards where that's damaged the trees and the plants. And uh, it's just uncanny how many times I go out to see a tree that's having a problem and they've used these chemicals. So I, I, oh, I, I really personally think they shouldn't be marketed or sold in the state of Arizona. And I was asking some people from the U of A this last week at the, a meeting down at the extension service about that. But, you know, they really are just bad chemicals. I mean, just bad chemistry. And they cause a lot of problems. And the other thing is people don't really read the labels and they don't use chemicals correctly. And so they're they're just one you really want to stay away from. If you have some at home, just dispose of it. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, Beth. Enjoy your show. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Uh, Elaine in Peoria, good morning. Hi, Brian. How are you? Oh, enjoy the morning. It's my favorite studio here with the beautiful clouds and the mountains and Sunny Slope. Oh, I know. It must be beautiful. Um, happy Sunday. Um, so I have, I'm going to do it really quick because I've arrived at church and I'm running late. But anyhow, number one is can I go ahead and start planting my seeds in my garden for fall or should I wait a little yeah, bit longer? It's perfect weather this week, Elaine. Okay. Number two is I found some pots that are about 10 inches. And I do everything in pots uh, above ground. And I was wondering, can I plant almost anything in those, or is there something that takes deeper root? Well, that's pretty small for a lot of our larger vegetables and things. So if, as long as you're not gr- trying to grow too many plants, get in it. You know, if you were trying to grow like a lettuce or something like that, it'd probably be fine. But, um, you know, to grow, grow a plant as large as a tomato or a pepper, you'd certainly want to use a bigger container, probably even a 15-gallon. And the nice thing with peppers okay, is you can well, take peppers for two or three way. years. Okay. Okay, so just just okay, keep in the, mind the size was, of plants you're going to grow. Okay, and the other thing was is that um, I've got an eggplant that keeps getting a bug on it, and I can't find anything on it. So what should I spray it with? Uh, is it chewing and eating the leaves, or what's the bug doing? I it, it's just some holes in the leaves, and I cannot tell. Um, I've looked at it, taken a microscope. Yeah, there there can be different. Different insects that could cause that. What you could use is like a safer soap, okay? Or when the weather cools off, you can use like a neem oil. You can't use neem oil right now because oh, okay. it's too hot. But that work does a pretty nice well, job. It's, soap? Soap. it's called safer soap. Kind of a, well, it's safer, safer soap. soap. So, but you can, you could actually use Dawn too if you wanted to. Oh, 
and you're basically oh, you're suffocating okay. him with okay. soap. Okay. And then uh, I'll call you next week about my lemon tree. I finally think it's fit the dust. And oh. I was wondering if I could put that in a 15-gallon um container well you know what if you had a lemon tree in a 15 gallon container and you let it root into the ground out to, out to the bottom of the container uh it'll do very well it uh and if you're oh. going if you're going to grow one in a container and, and keep it contained that what you want to do is not, not use potting soil but use dirt okay and then what about uh how many holes to put in the bottom so it can go through well you could just drill like two or three holes in there about an inch in diameter in the bottom so the water's going through there the the roots will chase those holes it'll root into the ground it'll make a big lemon tree cool thank you so much thanks elaine have a nice day you also bye-bye uh Jana and Tempe, Jeff, and then it could be you. The number to call for Miss Shira, 602-277-5827 for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Jana, good morning. Good morning. I have a question for you. I live in South Tempe, and I have a side yard that I'm trying to grow grass in, but the, the dirt is very compacted, very hard, like clay. Mm-hmm. And I know my father wants to use gypsum. Mm-hmm. Gypsum? And gypsum, how do a, I apply a, that? Well, when you really need to, whether it's compacted like that in the side yard, you need to loosen the soil. So it would be good to have somebody like rototill it in. So you would spread the gypsum on top of the ground. Uh, fairly heavy. You can use uh, probably 50 pounds for 150 square feet or 200 square feet. And and then take okay. a rototiller and, and till it into the ground because that's going to get it blended in. Because you have that compaction with that clay when it's been walked on a lot, uh, it, it's hard to break up. And the gypsum just applied to the surface isn't going to probably do that. But if you would just rototill it in, you'll probably have much better results. Yeah, it's not walked on that much, but it, there's no shade, so it just gets baked in. In, in in the sun. Mm-hmm. Well, if you if you would take and, and, and incorporate the gypsum, and then if you wanted to, what what are you going to try and grow there, Jenna? Clover. Clover. So what you probably want to do is put some organic material like mulch or compost in there as well. And if you're going to take the time to till it, go ahead and uh, put the gypsum on with some uh, organic material, till it all in, and then it'll probably be fine. Is there anything else I can put on it or in it? Well, if you have better soil, well, when you're making stew, you want to make, but the organic material will be good. You'll probably need some or, uh, some nitrogen and nitrogen source. And if you want to cover all the base nutrients, you could take and sprinkle like some citrus fertilizer over it, or chicken manure, or fish emulsion, and all those things would help as well. Okay. Th- all right, thank you very thanks, much, Jana. Bye bye, uh, Jeff in Phoenix. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Brian. How are you today? Oh, enjoying the morning. <laughs> Fantastic. I know. It's a great one with the clouds. Uh, you had a call in the first hour. A fellow had uh, some uh, crown rod in his queen palms. You recommended Monterey Disease Control Copper Sulfate. And My Copper Sulfate. Bo- both both products. Both together. Okay. Mm-hmm. My question, Brian, is how in the world do I get it up there? I uh, have mature queens. They're about 15 years old. They clearly have the same problem. Well, I can't figure out how to get the stuff up there without spilling it all over. Well, that's the hard part. So here's one one way you could probably do it. You could take a a piece of PVC pipe, okay, and put a ball Uh valve on it, you know, like a a valve so you can turn the water off and on. And you could put the chemical in the top of the pipe with a funnel. Okay, and keep keep it upright. You don't want to get this copper on your face and on on you. But uh, then you could turn the water on. The water is going to push the chemical up to the top and into the tree. And as soon as you got enough water that goes through just to push that chemical up, then shut off. 
So is the ball valve down where I'm holding it then? Yes, down where you're holding it. Okay. And then, then the tricky okay. part, you're going to have to get a funnel and fill it up and keep it leaning against the tree. Okay. Uh-huh. And then uh, turn the water on, push the chemical out through the top and into the crown. So like the, with the, with the hose mm-hmm. pressure kind of thing? Or? Well, with the water pressure. Now, you could, you know, if you had a sprayer or something like that, you could, with enough pressure, tank that would build pressure, but, and then you use a smaller hose. You know, the, the smaller diameter of the hose would be best, probably half inch, but it's going to have to be a better grade, like a Schedule 40 half inch pipes to be stiff enough to go up there. Yeah. Interesting. That's very clever. All right, time to uh, rumble around in the garage, see what I can uh, find parts like. <laughs> All righty, Jeff. Take care. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Sandy and uh, Maricopa, good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a Mexican sweet lime, the sweet one, not the tart mm-hmm. one. Right. Last, last year it had hundreds of fruits on it. Mm-hmm. In the spring it, had, it was covered white with flowers, and now I have one lime. Um, is there a good way to help that recover? Well, there, there's always next year, Sandy. <laughs> well, so, yeah. No, I I didn't know if that was. No, they're not really alternate bearing. You know, lemons and, and limes are kind of sometimes kind of inconsistent. You know, we have we grow a lot of lemons. We don't grow the Mexican ones, but we grow a lot of Lisbon okay. lemons and things in Eurekas and Myers. But at any rate, there's definitely big differences in crop. And the most important things you can do to be good to it is, is number one, is make sure your watering is consistent. You want to fertilize it like in February because it'll probably start blooming depending on the year sometime between, right. you know, February and March. And uh, but be consistent with your watering and fertilizing then and you know just the weather's going to make a big difference but if you have a late frost after they bloom that'll knock a lot of the fruit off too or frost right while they're in bloom and that can certainly that happen just, to limes just strange um i also have a a small um ruby red grapefruit mm-hmm. that lost most of its leaves over the summer okay um i think you guys planted it like maybe a year and a half ago um Make sure it has fruit on it, but yeah, it's lost most of the leaves. Make Should sure, make sure, it's, make sure it's wrapped. You can leave the fruit on it; it's not going to hurt anything. Make sure it's wrapped okay. to protect it from the sun. Fertilize it once a month. So fertilize it if you haven't fertilized it recently. Fertilize it today or tomorrow, and okay. uh, and fertilize it again probably the second week of October. And it, with this okay. weather that we're having this week, where the night times are going to cool down, this is the perfect citrus growing weather. So on on okay. a young tree like that, I would water it once a week now, but deep. Okay, and uh, fertilize it and water it in, and I think you'll see it respond by the end of this week. Great. I don't want to lose it. Oh, we don't want you to either. No. All righty. Thanks so much. Thanks, Sandy. Bye-bye. Uh, Paul and Chandler's up next, but first we have to take a short break. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday morning with the lovely Sheer on phones and music, Troy Barron on the news, and me, Brian. I'm with the, I guess I'm the host <laughs> on 92.3 FM KTAR. I love the shade 
to the phones and let's see we got to get in the correct order so next up we've got paul and chandler hello paul hey thanks for uh doing the show appreciate all, all the advice you know paul I, I tell you i do the so, easiest show on the radio because we have so many wonderful callers you know it just makes it so easy <laughs> well your your knowledge makes it uh, easier for you too so that's always appreciated um my neighbor, I love him. God love him. He's a great guy, great neighbor, but he does not take care of his lawn. Uh, and I think he's got a couple of sisus, um, and they shed uh, really bad. So, and he doesn't, he probably does yard work uh, twice a year. So I built this beautiful uh, horizontal cedar fence from, you know, normal. I'm in the older part of Chandler, so mm-hmm. it, the, the wall would stop at kind of halfway at the back of the house. So I built it out to the front of the house to prevent a lot of the leaves and everything from coming over. And um, uh, he's got some big old fan palms in the backyard up against the wall. Uh, He's got a row of them, maybe five or ten of them. And he doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't take care of those until, like I said, once a year, twice a year. He'll he'll cut them back. He'll have someone cut them back. But I noticed a little one kind of um, uh, something that seeded, uh, up by my new fence, uh, up towards the front of the lawn. It's kind of a random area, so I, I know he didn't put it there. He didn't plant it, and it and it started growing, and now it's probably about three feet tall, and it's right up against my cedar, uh, my wood uh, fence there. I know the palms usually have soft roots, but what I'm concerned with is it is it as it you know gets a little girth to it, is it going to start pushing my fence? Absolutely, uh, Paul. You just need to dig it out. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know how to approach him about that, but well, just tell him, hey, I just put this new fence up, and this little palm tree is uh, going to push against my fence. But tell him, hey, I'd be happy to help you dig it up and move it back a different location in your yard, and it'll transplant very easy if he wants to keep it. If not, he can dig it out and throw it away. But um, okay. you know, it can certainly create a problem. So you definitely need to get it removed. And you know, if he's trimming the palm trees once a year, as long as he gets them after the Fourth of July, uh, they won't have any seeds. So that that that'll eliminate a lot of that problem. And once a year is fine for the palm trees. And, you know, you might be lucky that he's not taking such good care of his lawn because those sisus, if they're sprinkled constantly, will tend to have a lot of surface roots. But if he's not watering so often, uh, the sisus are less problematic than if he waters them all the time. Okay. So you, you, got, you got some good things going for you there. And there's the good and the bad and the ugly. And the ugly is you better get well, that little fan palm out. Yeah. Well, and the other good thing is he's really quiet. And, uh, <laughs> I never have any problems. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. I'll make sure to to talk to him about that one and bring it to his attention. He probably doesn't even realize it. All righty, Paul. Have a nice weekend. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, Harry in Phoenix. Good morning, Harry. Hey, Brian. Great show. Love it. Hey, quick question. 
Um, I think it's just the most beautiful tree. I have one. You don't have to go far to see them in the riparian area, but it doesn't seem to be very hardy. My sycamore I bought 10 years ago, uh, you know, eight years ago that he got to it and turned completely brown, but I got a new tree from the sprout. So now I got another 10 foot, three inch base. I have flood irrigation completely brown do i need it but i got new green leaves coming out of the trunk you know what uh it, you can go ahead and fertilize it right now harry and, and water in between irrigations a couple times it'll come back oh wow great news hey real fun fact i went to school with the mary and philip the julio mm-hmm. philip usually takes my sister around i don't know the relationship but oh, those are my cousins he, I was a city boy and he'd come in in his cowboy boots and, maybe <laughs> and so you, you went to camelback yeah, monodistant camelback. Okay, yeah, all the way with them. Yep. You know, they, all right, thank you. So much. You know, they're, they're almost twins. They're eleven months apart. <laughs> oh, is that? <laughs> hey, in Oregon, it was real easy because I just wake up in April and I have a garden of tulips. Call it a day. <laughs> well, Harry, take care. Bye bye. Uh, Veronica, surprise. Good morning, Veronica. Good morning, Brian. Just a quick question about my plum tree. Uh, we had like one storm roll through here in surprise the whole summer, and it took down one of my branches, um, and it tore right into the trunk. So there's a big gaping hole there now. Um, is there anything I can do for it to help it out? You or? Know, I would prune it to where it's got the cl- a cleaner cut on it, okay, as best you can. And I would probably go ahead okay. and seal it up with some tree hill, like the tar type you put on with a spatula. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. And one one other thing, I have an orange tree that really is not doing well, and I've watered it, and watered it, and watered it. It's just in a really bad part of the yard, and it's brown now. And I've done so much watering. Well, um, this is the, 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 this, this is the perfect high. season, okay, to, to to try and help a citrus come back. Okay. So if you water it deep once a week and feed it right now, if it it should come back and bud and kind of fill in within the next month. If it doesn't, it might be time for a new one. Okay, and should I prune it? Um, there's probably not a lot of reason to prune it as long as it's small and then just it's green. You can, and my my grandfather okay. always said if you prune them, they grow faster, and it, you know they that certainly respond uh-huh. to it. So if you want to prune it back okay. some and reduce its size, that's not going to hurt them at all. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Veronica. Bye bye. Uh, Wayne and Chandler. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning, Brian. Thank you so much for taking my call. Yes, sir. Hello? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Brian, i got a couple questions for you. Um, one, I've got pretty much an open canvas in a front yard that I want to uh, put some new plants into um, next month or two. I'm looking for suggestions on things that will really pop, you know, from basically when we have company, right, from, you know, January through, you know, May or so. What um, kind of exposures is your front yard way and what side of the house is it on? East, northwest, south. Okay, so the, the 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 front the front of the house faces north, and the side of the house faces west. Okay, so do you have any trees there? No trees. The only thing that's out there is there's a bougainvillea that's on the north side, uh, facing of, of the fence. Well, if you put a shade tree on, on the northwest corner of your your yard to the front of that side, it's going to shade your house from the hottest sun in the summertime. And that will become a very useful part of your landscape and cooling and different things. Uh, are you going to have rock as a, as a ground cover, basically? 
It's it, yeah, it's got rock there now. So okay. I'm just basically rebuilding stuff that was mm-hmm. here before. So so basically, what I would do, I'd probably start off with a shade tree there. I mean, a good choice would be a red push pistachio because it's clean. It's going to drop leaves one week a year on the rock. The rest of the year, it's not going to shed anything, and it's a fairly low water user yeah. too, and uh, easy tree to grow. Yeah, I've, I've, I've bought. I bought six of those from you at my other house. <laughs> well, you probably don't and need I, and, six and of those right now. No, and I, I love them. They're they're great trees. I love them. They're beautiful. But then in the front on the north side, it's a little tricky because it only is going to get you know full sun in the summertime, so it's a shadier area. Um, one plant that, that we enjoy that we have on the north side of our house that, that takes the summer sun and blooms and looks good you know, pretty much year-round year, year is a Miami Supreme Gardenia. So perhaps somewhere up to the close by the door where people are going to be entering and walking past it, it has a nice fragrance to it. It's a real pretty plant as far as being green. The white flowers aren't as spectacular as some of the others, but the fragrance is really worth it. And then as you get away from that, you know, you could put in some larger shrubs. And there's a there's a wide array of desert shrubs. I mean, probably the most popular shrub in the valley is lantana, and that's because it blooms so long. I mean, lantana can be in bloom here, you know, pretty much usually it'll start blooming in February and stay in bloom most of the year. And if we don't have any frost, it can even bloom in January. So it can give you a lot of color. But then if you want to step step that up you have to kind of pick a palette whether you want to be a little more desert or a little more tropical looking and and there's a lot of nice shrubs uh you know from all the different kinds of sages that are different sizes if you want some flowering plants that come out different you know even like the hesperalos can have nice color to them at different times of year and be pretty and even like the basic old mexican bird of paradise along that west side you know if you wanted something to kind of block a neighbor or something that would be six to eight feet tall and give you color you know pretty much here from uh, April on. I don't know if that's going to be, you know, blooming too late for you. Uh, there's a fire bush which mm-hmm. comes out, which has uh, kind of like a Cape honeysuckle type orange trumpet flower, which will attract hummingbirds. That would work very well as a, as a substitute plant over there, which would be in bloom. And I would expect it to be in bloom at least by March and, and flowering that time of year. Another popular plant here because of its long blooming cycle are little John bottle brush. And they'll have a red flower and can you know, start blooming early spring so you'll have color you know early in the spring and so th- there's a whole group of different things that are fun wayne probably what i'd recommend to you is just take a picture and and, and come down to the nursery we could show you all different kinds of things and you could see what you could like and you know we have a very well-educated staff that uh, can guide you in which things that will bloom at different times and how they're to be maintained and that kind of thing Okay, sounds good, Brian. Thank you so much. Once Thanks, again, I appreciate your show. Yeah, appreciate your call. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Noelle and Gilbert. Good morning, Noelle. Hi, Brian. Uh, I have a question about Mexican phantoms. You said now's the time to plant them. Mm-hmm. I have a bunch that just grow, like mm-hmm. baby phantoms, okay. um, grow under my mesquite tree. But every time we transplant them, they die. Um, um, we try to mimic the environment. Should well, I put them in a pot? Well, no. You could, how large are you trying to transplant? How big are the trees when they're when you're moving them? They're probably about four months old. Oh, little baby seedlings? So what you'd yeah. have to do with those is you'd you know, cut them all the way back. Just leave like one leaf in the middle and just cut it in half. Okay? And then take a shovel and you want to get down about at least a foot deep. Because they've got a pretty big root that as soon as they germinate goes straight down. And then it starts to branch okay. later on. But I'll tell you what, they're fairly inexpensive. You know, and you can buy a 15-gallon one that uh, would be six or eight feet tall. 
that uh, if you really want to grow one, it might be easier. But if you want to try and transplant those seedlings, it might be easier to go ahead and dig them out, put them in a container where you can be take better care of them. And uh, you'll, you'll keep them wet and uh, grow them in the container for a year and then plant them into the ground would be easier. Okay. Thank you. Thank one you. more time, I ask you one more question? Well, you know what? I've got to take a break, but if you want to hang on during the news, I'll take you back right after the news. Okay. Okay, hold Thank on. Thank you. Um, and we've got three lines available. We have the lovely Shira here on the on the lines. Just give her a call at 602-277-5827. And now we have Mr. Troy Barrett in the studio with the news. Back, folks. Beautiful morning out there. We do have a line available. Number to call 602-277-5827 for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We have Shira here on the phones and the music every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR. Noel, good morning again. Hi, Brian. Uh, quick question. Do I need to wait until October to plant milkweed? No. Oh, no, you can plant okay. the, tr- the tropical or desert. Either one can be planted right now. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Mel. Bye-bye. Uh, Ashley in Scottsdale, good morning. Good morning. Hi, so, Ashley. Um, um, I bought um, two little mini succulents at a farmer's market mm-hmm. a couple months ago. And I'm not sure what one of them is, but the other one I know for certain is the Mother of Thousands. And I put them in a window, gets sun about half, it's an east-facing window, so it gets sun for half the day. And they both really took off, probably like nine inches tall, and it seemed a little odd to me. I was reading, I guess that's because... They weren't getting enough sun. The succulents grow well, up they'll, they they'll, don't get they'll, enough sun. They'll elongate and, and stretch more and less light. That's true. Yeah. But I, I would think an so, east-facing window, unless you have an overhang or a patio outside of it, I think that would be a pretty ideal location. Yeah. So I'm not exactly sure what happened, but now I'm looking at it, and, you know, he's very tall and lanky, probably like nine inches. So I repotted him, and he's pretty happy, like a bigger pot. But I guess I'd like him to be more of the traditional succulent looking with, you know, lower and more wide leaves. Can you trim a succulent? Like, could I cut him off at, you know, two or three inches and will he 
come back. Well, the- I'm, I'm not sure which one you have exactly. And I'll tell you what you can do if you like. Is if you send a picture into our website at Whitfield Nursery, uh, we can mm-hmm. I, I can give you better advice, Ashley, because there's a lot of them. You know, we we probably different kinds carry up to two or three hundred different varieties of succulents, and they are different. You know, and, and they just need different care. And it might be that you just have chosen one that's probably not the best form for what you're looking for. Because there are many that mm-hmm. spread and, and, and others that grow vertical and they grow all different kinds of forms. But as far as, um, you know, the amount of light you have, it sounds pretty ideal to me. Okay. Um, and then the other question I have, I had a, I inherited a very healthy, um, well, I don't know about healthy, but a very tall bamboo plant that was in a pot. Mm-hmm. And um, he is not doing well, like... You know, I'm watering him regularly, but um, his shafts are all yellow and everything. And but I am seeing small growth at the very bottom, like little tiny shoots. Um, is there anything I can do to kind of bring him back to life? Well, absolutely. Or... You know, here's the thing with bamboo, Ashley. That some some varieties in captivity, you know, try to get a lot bigger than the container is. Like if you're growing, mm-hmm. for example, a timber bamboo in a 15-gallon container, it, it limits out at a certain point. And then it's going to shed leaves and be thin. You know, but if you keep it fertilized and, and they'll use quite a lot of fertilizer, you know, they'll, they'll maintain more foliage and a lot of water. But if you had a place to put it in the ground or if you repotted it into a larger pot and if you want to keep it in a larger pot for a long time, I'd recommend using dirt instead of potting soil so you can retain more moisture. And uh, then okay. periodic feeding will keep it greener and fuller. Okay. So not a lost cause. Not a lost cause. <laughs> oh, we never give up. You know, it's <laughs> that's a real bad trait of my family. Ashley, so we never give up. <laughs> Have a nice day. Yeah, I just keep looking at it. I'm like, so poor guy. Well, you but, too. If you, if you repot it, repot it in some soil and fertilize it, uh, it'll green right up. Especially with the weather we're having now, so we're going to have just okay. fantastic weather in the forecast. All right, sounds good. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye, uh, Susan and Gilbert. Good morning. Good morning. I have an African sumac that's probably at least 35 to 40 years old, and we lost about a third of it. Last summer, we had a microburst come through our neighborhood and uh-huh. just took out about a third of it. So we, you know, trimmed it, cut it where it needed to, and it did fine. And then this summer, it looks like it's dying. Like okay. a lot of the branches are dead and brown and... Well, it, it, it will come, it, yes, Susan, it'll come back from some point. So what I would do with it right okay. now is just fertilize it first, okay? And if you have a lot of suckering in the bottom, you might want to thin some of that down so it pushes more up to the top. And uh, okay. keep it well watered and fertilized. And Gilbert, we have heavy enough soil, most all over Gilbert, that uh, doesn't need to be watered very often. Once a week is more than adequate. Uh, but a shot of fertilizer is going to go a long way for it. And the change in weather where these nighttime temperatures are dropping, it's going to respond well to that. And, you know, this is past the shedding season for sumax, and it's a very good growing season for them. So I would fertilize it now and maybe fertilize it again in about three weeks. And probably somewhere by the end of October, you'll be able to see what's viable and prune it back to that point. It'll come right back out. Okay. What kind of fertilizer? Uh, If you have like a citrus food at home, 10, 10, 10, they're, they're not picky. Okay. Very good. And does it hurt once in the lawn? And we don't grow a summer lawn. We grow a winter lawn. Mm-hmm. But the other one, we have two, and it's looking similar. It's not quite as big. 
And that one is in rock. And sometimes, not consistently, but my husband's pretty good about using pre-emergent in the rocks. Well, if it's, if it's truly pre-emergent, them? okay, pre-emergent's not going to hurt it. But if you use a okay. product called Ortho Ground Clear or any of these other ones that say they're going to maintain the weeds for like six months at a time, uh, those can be a, a big problem. And they can stunt the okay. tree and, and they can eventually kill the tree. Um, and it takes yeah, those I chemicals uh, about a year to wear off in the soil. Okay. I don't think it's the ortho ground clear, but I'll double check with you. Yeah, him. I mean, my true pre-emergence is going to be fine. But if it's something that yeah. just says it's a longer-term weed control that goes into the soil, uh, that can be a problem. A uh-huh. pre-emergent works just by keeping the weeds from germinating on the surface. These other ones go actually into the soil and cause huge problems. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do that. Thanks so much for Thanks, your Thanks, Susan. Bye-bye. Uh, Tom and Chandler, good morning, Tom. Good morning. Um, I have a mature tangelo tree that just in the last few days has started peeling off uh, bark in large quantities, and I haven't changed anything other than a really deep, deep soak last week. I'm not sure what's going on. Well, that bark was cooked this summer when it was really hot, and it's just kind of exfoliating now. And that portion of the tree is, is cooked and dead. So the sun has hit the bark and cooked it. Um, the tree can recover. Uh-huh. What you'd want to do is to either to wrap the trunk or paint the trunk. And where the uh-huh. bark is, is falling off, that, that portion of the cambium layer on the tree is actually dead already. But the tree wow. can grow a new cambium and come back around. And it was just exposed to too much sun and the heat back in July. Okay, so a little piece of the tree at the top, it looks like it's already dying, but mm-hmm. the rest of the tree looks okay. The okay. peeling bark is down around the main trunk. And well, so that's that really because the, the branches were up high and that side of the wood has been cooked. Now, it, it's usually just a patch on that side depending on how high your foliage is. But if you ever drive uh-huh. by like a citrus orchard, you notice our trees go almost to the ground. And uh, really, the, the tree needs enough canopy to protect itself from the sun. If not, it should be painted. So I, I, I would paint it now, okay? And you okay. can get a brown color paint that looks like the tree bark. You don't have to paint it white. But paint it now and let the foliage grow out a little bit lower. You know, now's the perfect time to feed it if you haven't fed it recently. And it will come okay, back just, and survive. Just some tr- uh, typical uh, citrus fertilizer, I guess. Yeah, we have one called Organo Pro that we like real well. But, you know, Arizona's best. They're all going to do a pretty good job for you. Okay, as I'm walking around the tree, I see bark peeling in various spots around the trunk. So that, that it's our favorite tree. So it really worries us. And we lost our two big ash trees this summer. So it's like, oh my. Well, you <laughs> might you might end up doing a little pruning on the top, but fertilize it right now and protect the trunk, and it it'll come okay. back out. It wasn't because I overwatered it then. No, okay. it had nothing to do with the water. It was the sun cooking the bark. Okay, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Bye bye, uh, Ken in Cornville. Good morning, Ken. Uh, thanks, Brian. Um, I planted about a month and a half ago. Maybe it was not the right time to plant it. it was an ocotillo, mm-hmm. and it seems to have kind of dried out. It had the orange little flowers in the top. Now those are gone, and <laughs> I don't know if it's dead or well, what. Well, Ken, was it was it bare root or was it in a container? It was bare root. Okay, so that's not unusual. If you take a sharp knife and scrape the wood, you'll probably find that it's green underneath. And it may take it a year okay. or two to root. They don't root very fast. But actually, a month ago was not a bad time to plant it. And, uh, yeah, I was trying to get monsoons, and then, of course, we didn't have any. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and that's a good thing, you know. But but it's, it's still probably, you know, viable and fine. You don't want to overwater it. 
Okay, it, it needs to get dry okay. in between waterings. You could you can sprinkle it down a little bit here and there. Or you could put you know a small drip on it, and run it once a week, something like that. But you don't want to keep it very wet. Are you down by the creek, or are you up on the hillside? I'm up on a hill. I was trying to plant it kind of on the on the hillside to provide some um, shielding of, of some of the, the homes that I've got below. Okay. So if the ground's rocky, um, then you can go ahead and water it. It is rocky. Yeah. So if you got rocky soil, yeah. um, you know, you can go ahead and water it. And uh, you can water it probably as much as twice a week, but you wouldn't want to put more than a gallon on it at a time. And if you don't have an irrigation okay. system, what you could do is take a gallon jug and just poke a little hole in the bottom so it drips out real slow. And just set it next to the trunk okay. and fill it up once a week, and uh, that's oh, okay. that's plenty of water. But you, you know, I wouldn't do that if it was heavy soil. But in rocky, you should be fine. You might even oh, you might even idea. throw a little bit of Super Thrive in your in your jug and uh, give it a little juice too. Okay, all right, all right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Ken. Good luck. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we've got a line open. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven for the Whitfield Nurseries Garden Show. We're going to come back with about ten minutes left. We'll be right back. Take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, at Whitfields, we grow trees, starting with my grandparents back in the 40s, continuing today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size. If the summer was a little hot and you want to cool the environment, if you want to help the city out and uh, not have the heat island here, we can do it by planting, you know, happy trees that lower heat and thrive and cool our environment. Things like mesquites and palo verdes and ironwood trees and even red push pistachios uh, really kind of thrive here in the heat. So come out and see us at Woodfields. We deliver plant and guarantee or license bonded shirt. No jobs too big, none's too small. If you want one tree, if you want a thousand, if you love palm trees, if you love desert trees, if you like tropical trees, we grow them all right here in Arizona. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 264070 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of Sky Harbor Airport. 
Whitfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Sandy in Peoria. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning. Um, you guys planted a whole bunch of uh, yellow bells and uh, uh, ruellas in my yard, on, like about April or something. Um, they grew. They they got so big that they were laying down. And uh, is this a good time that I can prune them? Or it's the perfect to time to prune them, Sandy. You know, especially this week, the weather's going to drop down. They're going to really kick in and start growing like crazy again because of the the weather. It's going to be like 102 and 75, and plants couldn't be any happier. So prune away, and then you got the flowers are pretty much gone. But do they grow in the winter time or oh, not? Oh, absolutely. Well, the rellas can bloom, you know, ten months a year. The yellow bells okay. are probably finished blooming. They'll come back and bloom again, and you'll get blooms through October, November. Okay. And next question, um, I'm sure I fertilize them now, and with what? Uh, any balanced fertilizer you have, even like a 21-7-14 lawn fertilizer, miracle Grow, 10-10-10. But, you know, okay. you really don't have, if they're getting as large as you want to, you really don't have to fertilize either one of those varieties very often. Uh, they're oh. pretty darn hardy. Okay. And um, the last question is, I have um, Japanese privets along the side of my house, 12 of them. They're beautiful. One died, just out of the clear blue. Um, is this a good time to replant? It, it, it would be a good time to replant. Any, any time now through the end of October is probably the best time. You know, and, and it, do, you, do you carry the, the Japanese privets? We do. Um, you know, a lot of them really had a rough time this summer. You know, oh, back- mine were just absolutely gorgeous, and I... And I you know, been doing like you say, deep watering, whatever. It's all on the same system, everything. And I walked out a week later, and this one was totally dead. And I'm going, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, yours yours did better than mine, then, Sandy. <laughs> oh, mine are on the on the east facing of the house. Well, that, so that, that, that that's a big plus. Mine are out with a parking lot to the west of them, so that's kind of hard. Okay. <laughs> so you guys do have those, and we do. They- and if I'm not sure what we have in stock, we'll be bringing a lot more of those plants in this next ten days or so because the weather is now looking like it's going to break. And, and do you uh, have the 15 gallons, so I don't have to have a little six incher out there. Yeah, we we should food. definitely have some 15 gallons. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sandy. Bye bye. Have a wonderful weekend. You bye. Too. Bye. Uh, Susan and Scottsdale. Good morning. Oh, hi, Brian. I need your help with something. About four years ago, I found um, Vinca, a Vinca plant in a deep, deep purple, the color of a deep purple petunia. And I've nursed it and I've kept it alive for all this time. But the summer did it in and I've never seen it again. So I'm ready to plant, try to plant it from seed, but I don't know how to go about doing it. Oh, do you have some of the seed you've saved off the plant? No, but I saw online where I could buy some. Yeah, typically with Vinca, we wouldn't plant the seed until uh, about March. About more. Oh, okay. Because what happens this time of year is the days are getting shorter, the weather's cooler, and they really like to get started when it's got, you know, as the days are getting longer and with warmer weather. And uh, you you may be able to get it to germinate, and if you keep it in a pot and play with it, you could probably maintain it. And I would imagine it would germinate with this weather probably as well as any time because it's good weather for that. But, 
Yeah, we really don't even grow any of our vinca from seed. We have, you know, big companies that grow the vinca, and and they grow that. We buy it from, like, Ball and some of these other uh, large growers that grow plants all over the world. And sometimes with the colors, um, you know, they're constantly working on vinca because they can have fungus and problems. So the varieties do change from year to year, and maybe if that particular variety had more of a problem, they might not be growing it any longer. And then that's something Uh, that, that we run into a lot with annuals. Because I've never seen it before, and I've never seen it again. Have you ever seen? Well, any I, I, in that I've color? seen a lot of lot of varieties from you know all the way from the purples to the pinks to the whites. I mean, vinca run a whole big spectrum there, and there's a lot of different cultivars mm. and types of vinca. And um, I know the ones that we have this year were a new variety that we've had better luck with, and uh, appeared to be hardier. That's why we stayed with it. They didn't have the, had more resistance to fungus. But um, yeah, you can. And what color was that? Well, all different colors. I mean, we had. A, 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 oh, okay. You know, we, we had probably a dozen colors and, and different ones. Some are cascading and we use them in hanging baskets and others are just in the ground. You know, most places wouldn't keep vinca like we can here, but sometimes, you know, vinca lasts three or four years. Isn't that unusual if you can take care of them, they don't freeze. I know. I was amazed that I, I took care of it as long as I did, but this summer it was just too well, much. Well, they're kind of like puppies. Sometimes they get old, you know. But since, <laughs> I know. Since, thanks, okay. Thanks for the call. <laughs> Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. Uh, let's see. I'll take the rest of the calls off the air, folks. Uh, Tarsa, Heather, and Brent, and Mike. Appreciate all the calls today. Hope you enjoyed the uh, music and, and the talk and the, and the fun calls that we had. Uh, we'll be back with you next uh, Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. And, uh, you know, the answer is, is, is truly blowing in the wind and how we work together and treat and love each other makes a big difference in the world. It's up to us to make the difference. We'll be back with you next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. And, uh, And let's go out and just try to be kind and love each other. Be back next Sunday morning. Bye-bye.